Did miss being with you last Sunday, joined you by video, but miss being here in person. But just so you know, Leanne and I are much better and we're thankful for your prayers for us over the past couple weeks. As we continue today, you know, over the past few weeks, there's been a couple times when we've talked a little bit about forgiveness. And, and we've said that, you know, forgiveness is a difficult thing to offer to people. It's a difficult thing to really do. It's easy to talk about, but hard to actually do when we've been harmed, when we've been hurt. But you know, there's another side to that. It is also at times really difficult to receive forgiveness. You know, when we've done something that we know has harmed someone by what we said or did, and, and there's a real hurt there, it is sometimes, it feels almost too easy if they offer forgiveness and we're just supposed to, to accept that because it feels like maybe, maybe that's too quick. Maybe, maybe they should be angry with us for a little while. Maybe we should feel bad for longer because of what we've done. And so we wonder, is, is this really right? We might even wonder as well, have they really forgiven me? Has it actually happened that that person has in their hearts, maybe they've said it, but have they actually forgiven me for what I've done? You know, the truth is, sometimes we might feel a little bit like that in our relationship with God. Have I really been forgiven? How can we know that we've been forgiven by God, right? There's no little bell that dings when God decides to forgive us, so we don't have a sign. We're just told that it happens. But maybe there are times you wonder, and I know this is something that people struggle with because it's one of those things that people will talk to me about. They can believe that, that other people have been forgiven, but they know their own sin just a little too well to believe that it's that easy that God would forgive them. It seems too simple that I could just pray to God and I would be forgiven. It almost feels like we should practice what some other Christians practice, which is a little penance. Like we should have to, to do something so that we could earn God's forgiveness. But, but we're told it doesn't work that way. So how can I actually feel forgiven? How can I actually know that God has forgiven me? Well, today I want us to continue in this series of lessons that we're calling That You May Know. And it's all about knowing that we are in a right relationship with God because there are times when we question that, where we wonder, am I really where I should be with God? Am I in the right kind of relationship with God? And so we're dealing with those questions. And to do that, we've turned to the book of 1 John because I believe that's what John wrote this letter about was that he had followers who were wondering, is there some extra stuff out there? Do we need to be doing something different? And John is bringing, in the back, bringing them back to the basic gospel message of Jesus that God has called us into a relationship through his son. And he wanted them to be confident in that relationship. So John laid out a number of tests for them to sort of look in their lives and see where they were. And if they could qualify, then they should feel confident in their relationship. And we talked about the first of those last Sunday, and that was obedience. And in some ways, we're going to look at another side of the same coin. And this might be lesson or test 1B, if you will. And it points to the fact that last Sunday in the video, I mentioned it's really important in this series 
really more than in most series I preach, to listen to, to all of them. So if you will, maybe you missed last Sunday, just get online on our, on our website or we have a YouTube page and, and listen to the message last Sunday because we really need all of these to get a full scope of what John is saying about our relationship with God. And I do encourage you to continue to read through 1 John. Maybe you haven't been doing that yet. It's not too late to get started. There's some scripture journals out in the foyer and a reading guide. Let me encourage you to hear everything that John says in this letter. Because we need this full picture if we want to know that we can be confident in our relationship with God. Now as we come to this part of the letter... We're thinking back on last week that John said, listen, if you want to know that you abide in God and God abides in you, and that's language that he uses over and over, this abiding language. If you want to know that, then you need to look in your life and see, are you obeying God? Like God gives commands in Scripture, are you following those commands? And as we looked at that, we talked about a pattern of obedience, right? That, that we're living our lives pursuing God's commands. But one of the questions that we talked about was, well, what happens when we fail? Because none of us have obeyed everything God commanded perfectly. We know that. We look in our lives, we can look back on the last week and see there are times that I failed in that endeavor. I am not perfect. So, does that mean that if I haven't been fully obedient, then somehow I'm out? I'm not in the right kind of relationship with God. Well, today I want us to think about that. And John's going to give us some, some things that I think will help us and some things that are going to challenge us, just like we read all the way through 1 John. Now, as I said last week, John sort of circles back through these tests, and we're going to look at a couple places. He talks about this again today, but we're going to start in chapter 3. So we skip around all the way through this series because John really goes back and forth and talks about these different things. So 1 John chapter 3, I want us to begin in verse 5. John says this, You know that he, this is Jesus, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Now, we're aware of that, right? Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus came in human form. He had a physical body just like you and me. He lived among people. He was tempted just as every other human being is tempted. But Jesus never gave in to that temptation. Jesus never sinned. That's part of the message that we have here is that Jesus was sinless. And because he was sinless... He could offer us forgiveness. His death on the cross meant something because he had never sinned. And because of that, we're offered something new. Okay, we get all that. Then verse 6. John says, no one who abides in him. There's that language of abiding. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. And we hear John say that, and maybe we go, okay, I'm, I'm not sure what that says about me, because if no one who abides in him <clears throat> keeps on sinning, well, I've done that. I've sinned. Since the day I became a Christian, since the moment I came out of the baptistry, I've sinned. In fact, I've sinned a number of times. So does that mean I'm not abiding in him? Is that what John is saying? 
And he says, those who keep on sinning just don't even know him. So is John saying somehow because I'm a sinner, I don't even know who God is. I've, I've missed the boat. And so you might be saying, if this whole letter is all about being more confident in my relationship with God, so far it's not working, right? Because I don't feel better. I feel worse. Well, John sort of repeats this and reinforces it down in verse 9. He says, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. John says, because of Jesus, you have been reborn. You have been given a new life. You are a new person. And if you've really been made into a new person, if you've been given a new life, how can you go back to the old life? How can you be the old person and do the same stuff you used to do? And again, we say, John, I don't feel better. I feel worse because I've done some stuff that's wrong. Well, let's hear a couple things that we need to note here. First of all, in, in both verses 6 and verse 9, the language is clearly about continuous action, keeps on sinning, continues sinning. This is not a point in time where we make a mistake and give in to some temptation. This is a pattern of sin in our lives, okay? So if you're looking on your life and saying, well, I can name a few times where I gave in to temptation, that's not what John's talking about. John's talking about is there a pattern of sin in your life where you're pursuing the same sin over and over. That's different than making one mistake, okay? So there's that that we need to hear. And we need to look in our lives and say, is there a pattern of sin? Am I giving in to the same sin over and over again? Am I continuing in that sin? And maybe if you look in your life, you do say, well, you know what? There are times when I notice a pattern where I see myself giving in to the same temptation and choosing sin over God. Well, what about that? What I want to notice here in chapter 3 is this. It's only half the message. And half the message is God doesn't want you to sin. Because God knows the power of sin. It's not just that God is, is uh, trying to make you feel guilty, okay? It's not that. It's that God knows just how destructive sin is in your life and my life and how destructive it is in our relationships. God knows that He created us in His image. And we were designed to reflect that image to the people around us. So through the way that we live, we were designed to communicate who God is. And when we sin, we fail in that mission. Okay, it mars God's image so that we cannot reflect God as clearly. And God knows that it destroys relationships, it destroys lives, it tears us apart. Sin is powerful and it is destructive and that's why God does not want us to sin. But it's not the end of the story. We also need to turn back to chapter 1. And I think chapter 1 is very powerful and one of the most uh, important things for Christians to hear, especially those who are struggling to believe that they have been forgiven. Now, let's start in verse 8. John says, if we say we have no sin, so if I say I'm perfect, 
We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So if we read chapter 3 and say, okay, is John expecting me to be perfect? If we read chapter 3 and hear him talking about sinlessness, am I supposed to think, okay, if I sin, I'm out? Does John think I can really be sinless? Well, the answer is, if you look back in chapter 1, he knows that we're all sinners. He knows that we're going to sin. If I say I'm sinless, I'm kidding myself and I'm trying to deceive other people. So John knew good and well that we were going to be sinners. And then verse 9, which is a powerful verse for every Christian, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now there's a lot in that one verse, right? If we confess our sins, so if we own it, if we don't say, hey, that was just a slip, if we say that was a sin and it was wrong, we don't have to confess it to another person. It's talking about God here. If we confess, <coughs> excuse me, if we confess to God that we are sinners, that's the important thing. Now, there may be times when we need to talk to someone about it, when it's good for us to have the accountability of speaking to another person. But ultimately, what we're talking about is owning our sin. John says, if you pretend you're not a sinner, you're kidding yourself. If you confess your sin, the opposite, then God is faithful and just to forgive. And we might say, that doesn't make sense. Because justice means I should be punished. So how is God faithful and just if he forgives sin that I know I'm guilty of? Well, he's faithful and just because God has promised through Jesus to give us forgiveness. And when he does, he is keeping his promise, and that is faithful and just. And so we can believe God's promises. We can believe that he is a faithful and just God. And if he said you can be forgiven through the blood of Jesus, that's the gospel. And God keeps his promises. So God forgives our sins and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Sin is powerful and it's destructive, but God is more powerful. God has power over sin that we do not have. And this really is the second part of the message. I mean, if the first part that we read about in chapter 3 is that God doesn't want us to sin, the second part comes in chapter 1, and that's that God forgives us when we do. God really does not want you to sin because he doesn't want you to be destroyed. But he offers forgiveness even though we don't deserve it. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So today, the message for us is, wow, we need to stay away from sin. We need to work on that. Forgiveness, grace, is no excuse to just keep on sinning. Paul makes that point more than once. But John is telling us here, we can also be forgiven. That we can be confident in our relationship with God because we've been offered grace and forgiveness. Now, here's one more thing that I want us to note about God's power over sin. And we want to look at one more verse, and it's found in chapter 5, right near the end of the letter. We're not in this alone. That's what John tells us. Verse 18 of chapter 5. 
We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. That's the message we've heard. But he who was born of God, now he's talking about Jesus, protects him. And the evil one does not touch him. You see, the message there from John is that you are not in this battle alone. God has power over sin in that he can offer us forgiveness through the blood of Jesus But through His Spirit, He also offers us power to overcome sin, to say no. When you are battling sin, you are not in the battle alone. God's there with you. Through His Spirit, He offers you the opportunity to say no. And so that means we need to put our trust in God. To seek Him out when we're in the middle of temptation and ask for the strength that comes only from Him. God doesn't want you to sin, and that's why He stands with you when you're battling temptation. But the good news is, when we mess up, when we sin, He also offers us forgiveness that we don't deserve. Now today, maybe you're here and you've been trying to work through this. I mean, you see your own sin, you know it's there. And you've been thinking it's time to make a decision to follow Jesus. We're going to give you an opportunity in a minute at, uh, in our invitation, but you know that's not the only time. You are welcome anytime to contact our staff, me or Jerry or Leanne, or certainly even some of our other staff members. Everybody who works here is fully capable of talking with you about the message of the gospel and would be thrilled to do that. And we'd love to walk with you through the process of putting your faith in Jesus, repenting of your sins, which is what we're talking about here today, saying, listen, I know there's actual real sin in my life, and I want to overcome it. Confessing Jesus as Lord and being baptized into Him. If you're ready to make that decision, we'd love to talk with you about it this morning in the song coming up, but we'd also be glad to talk with you during the week and discuss this and help you see how God really can deal with this, and that He's inviting you into a relationship, and He is calling you to be a new person. All that is waiting on you, and ultimately, what you need to do is receive it. It seems too easy. It seems simple. But the truth is, it's been made easy for us by someone who paid the price that I should have paid. And that's Jesus. Let's pray together. God, overcome the power of temptation in our lives. We know we've given in. We know we've failed in that way. And God, right now, we ask that you would help us to say no. We know sin is powerful because we've seen the consequences in our own lives and the lives of people we love. But God, we also ask for the power of your forgiveness to be at work in us that we would become the people you've called us to be. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.